You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, Marcus Carter, coming at us from Chicago, Illinois. And Marcus is an award-winning speaker. He's a realtor. He is the founder of owner of Chicago's number one black wealth real estate investment firm, Carter Property Solutions, which also serves as a real estate consultancy arm for um, invest, you know, black investors far and wide. He's also authored five books. Uh, he's had an Amazon bestseller. And he continues to dedicate a lot of his time and efforts to the enlightenment um, to uh, of black investors, uh, particularly in real estate, illuminating the road to wealth and success um, for the wealth seekers. So I'm really excited to have him on. He's got a really strong mission and purpose and why behind his business. So I'm really interested to hear about that and happy to have you share that with my audience as well, Marcus. Nice to be on, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's always usually a letdown from the bio because nobody can be as cool as their bio ever makes them uh, look to be. And then also uh, just looking to pick your brain as well. Uh, love talking to fellow real estate investors. And we seem to have the same niche. Excellent. So how did you get into real estate? And you're in Chicago. Are you investing in Chicago? We are recording this at the end of kind of the end of the middle of the third quarter of 2021. So where do you see the market and talk to us a little bit about your purpose? Excellent. Excellent. So uh, I got into real estate like most people um, got this idea that I can get rich really, really, really quick. Uh, went to one of those rich dad, poor dad seminars, got turned on, got the booklet, paid the money, went home and devoured that thing. And probably the luckiest thing that could ever happen, uh, a close friend of mine, his mom, she was a, a loan officer. And she said, get your real estate license and kind of figure it out along the way. Uh, best advice I ever got. And seven years later, I like to say I figured a few things out. Um, and then more importantly, um, being able while I was bootstrapping and getting myself able to invest on my own, uh, being able to work with dozens of investors that just let me sponge. Um, so it's, 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 it's under the, the entrepreneurship act, um, the jumping out of the plane to see if you could fly act, uh, but more so putting, taking profit from your passions, uh, finding a way to leverage things you like to do and turn them, turn them into a career. That's excellent. So what, kind of properties did you start out with was a single family duplexes triplexes or did you go full-on commercial what how did that prop how did that process work for you well specifically when i was getting in when i was getting into the market or when i was kind of getting my feet wet um i was feeding off of things you see on tv so i'm thinking go buy a house and flip the house and again this was the the template was fantastic, but it, it didn't kind of pay attention to the actual landscape of Chicago or like what the market was like. Um, so it, it probably in it was a New York minute before I realized that like, no, if somebody really wants to put a dent or see decent margins, you're looking at multifamilies in Chicago, um, particularly we're at a point where 
certain neighborhoods were just starting to turn over, but they had just the light bulb had just went off. So the the profit opportunity was was significant. And it just happened to be neighborhoods I was familiar with. Um, so it kind of was a lightning strike moment that illuminated a path that also turned into the first domino dropping. Excellent. So it's all about that, that first uh, deal. And so ever since you did your first deal, it kind of, like you said, the dominoes dropped. So can you talk to us about that process a little bit? Um, and what happened after? Well, what I specifically started my business with the idea to invest myself. And when I couldn't do that from a resource standpoint, most of the clients I would deal with, I'm like, okay, you should leverage a multi-unit. And that would go into introductions to investors where as a real estate broker, I'm working with in buyers that are looking for multi-units and then having that segue to an introduction to investors. Hey, if you're active in this area, I'm active with buyers in this area, which allowed me to kind of from that first deal say, okay, there's a lot of information I can glean from this. If I leverage this situation, I can get a free education while getting a commission check at the end. Um, And that was kind of where I went after that first deal, because I really wanted to explore how do I eventually invest myself? So watching these guys, where's the funding coming from? How do you analyze the property? Uh, what makes a deal make sense or not make sense? What do you, what do you hold? What do you flip? Um, being able to see that stuff firsthand. Yeah. So how long did that, that process take you to kind of, you know, because the learning curve is, as you know, is it always, you always learn every day, but like how long did it take you to realize that some of the things in terms of your business plans on some of the properties you were either selling or, um, or buying for your clients or buying yourself, like how, how long did that process take you to realize, okay, this is what I want to do moving forward? Uh, I say about, about a year or so. Um, and not only like when were, when was I able to realize, but like also, you know, um, kind of seeing it from the real estate broker standpoint, kind of understanding the lay of the land and how big of a, the gravity of the of a transaction or a project or something like that. So not only when did I know I wanted to do it, but when was I like, OK, I'm jumping in. I'm completely aware that it's a jungle out there, but I'm going to walk into this jungle with my eyes wide open. Uh, so I probably say about a year or two. Um, time well spent. Time well spent. That's for sure. So talk to us about what happened after, obviously you wrote, you wrote a few books now and, you know, you've been seen on different shows and different podcasts. So kind of talk to us about your journey after and uh, how can you be an inspiration uh, for the community that you serve as well? Actually, I mean, you make me sound so fantastic and inspiration. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I, I do feel, cause it feels like more of a responsibility than an inspiration. Um, it's amazing to me you know, you start out, you go to the rich dad, poor dad, you scour bigger pockets, um, you you look at anything you can. And so I'm absorbing all this information. It's fantastic. I can check out a podcast like yours. Um, but in my own backyard, this information, which is readily available, it isn't it isn't sponged off of it isn't uh, it's not taken advantage of. So it's a lot of information, like basic stuff, like what's an, what an ARV is or, or what hard money is um, there. Are, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to invest in real estate, but they haven't even been to introduced to these basic ideas. Um, so from a business standpoint, that was a huge opportunity that 
my own my own backyard has an untapped niche um, as a real estate broker, uh, just kind of being able to be the expressway, not necessarily be the car and have it all focused on my own deals, but being able to turn. OK, I've written four books, um, award winning public uh, motivational speaker. How do I turn that into something that could a help the community and help myself? Um, and it kind of was a no brainer. Because a lot of this information that we'll just casually, me and you could go back and forth about, that's brand new information to people right in my backyard. So making a commitment to bring it to them. Um, not saying that everybody will take to it, but giving them the option. Hey, did you know that you possibly could leverage your property this way? Did you know the power of a multi-unit? Um, how e you could go get pre-approved for a mortgage and have somebody offset that mortgage and use that to start your portfolio and how you can leverage that. Um and this new information. So I, I find I feel this responsibility to educate. Yeah, let's talk about the education piece because you're you're all about that. Um, and, and we're we're talking about that now. And you like you said, there's a lot of information that you can absorb, especially for new investors. But obviously, if it's not put into practice, you don't really learn. So how are you making it easier to absorb a lot of the information? Um you know, for your clients or any communities that you serve, how do you kind of, you know, make that process easier? Because it's, it's, it, there's a lot of information and that's why a lot of people start out in real estate, whether it's on the brokerage side or on the investing side, maybe they were about to do their first deal on in either way. And they just kind of, you know, are not really, they never really got to the finish line because there's just so much they haven't really picked apart. So how do you, you know, I'm a big, um, proponent of continuing education as well. So um, how do you make that easier? Well, Anthony, you're helping me do it right, right now. Um, and you probably learned probably one of the hardest lessons I learned is that, you know, each deal is specific. Um, and repetition is kind of the only thing because I don't think I'm hard pressed to believe there's somebody out there that says I have it figured out. I think it's somebody with experience um, you put yourself in the best position to be able to adjust to the ever-changing market, ever-changing landscape, and being able to kind of make sure that that part is instilled. Because like, I think anybody can Google real estate investing and they can get the basic, this is the template, you'd want to do this, and then you'd want to do that. Um, but kind of letting them know, to me, I think each deal is like a relationship. So like each deal you go into that you're starting a new relationship, there's going to be things coming from all over the place. There's 10, 12 moving, moving parts and kind of not being not sugarcoating that fact, but then also letting them know that I'm standing right next to them. So, again, in, in my community where some of this stuff where like I do this every single day, this is in my community, this is somebody's entire nest egg that they're saying, I think real estate investing is a way to go. Uh, for me to build a particular wealth path or a life of my own design. And I know it's what I want to do, but it looks so, so scary. Um, maybe if I talk to this guy that looks like me, comes from where I come from, and he's doing it too. Um, he's a licensed real estate broker. Um, and he's not per se saying, do it this way, just saying, okay, you might want to look out for this, might want to look out for that. But if you do want to kind of do it from a community aspect, come over here. And that's, that's kind of what we're talking about because you probably would say as well, Anthony, there's the technical component and then there's 
the mental work, the, the mental places that you're in when you're handling uh, real estate investing, because you're aware it's a business in of itself. You're each, each deal, you're an entrepreneurship of a self-sustaining company. Um, and it segues, easy segues. And so just trying to like, to me at the same time, I think you're putting a lot of information out, but you're also dumbing it down by putting it out there. I think real estate investing, that conversation needs to be as normal as where a kid might want to go to college. You should understand how to leverage your property um, because it's something that travels, especially in this freelance market. Uh, both of my children, you could drop them anywhere in the world. And if they can't get a job, they'll know how to leverage your property uh, and what that can do for you. And I think if we get to a point where that's normal, um, it'd be exciting what could happen. It'd be exciting what could happen. That, that's for sure. And that's, I, I agree with that. And that's great advice. Uh, could talk to us about your books. What are your books titled? How can we find your books and learn more about everything Marcus Carter? Well, the, the one that I'm proudest of that's coming up next is called the Black Wealth Bible. Um, and really, and really in, in my community, in the Black community, again, it, it kind of goes back to the answer that I just gave, kind of being transparent about the situation, um, some of the challenges that are faced, but then also using it as an opportunity, an education moment to what real estate can do for those types of situations. I've, um, I have a military background. Um, I was a quartermaster, which is basically I focused on logistics, um, having resources to be able to, to meet the needs for the, the actions that you would like to take. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on in this country, but regardless, nobody knows exactly what to do, but I know we're going to need resources. And just looking at it from a common sense standpoint, unless you're winning a lottery, um, to me, real estate and from experience, real estate just jumps out as there really aren't a lot of barriers to entry. You can go on Google, Google it, figure it out, and then start putting the pieces together. No extra degree. Um, it's, it's shelter. And I don't think four walls is going out of style. No matter what happens, people are always going to have a need for it. And, you know, for, for a select few us nerds that like actually um, get a kick out of watching different areas, how the markets change and stuff like that. Like um, to me, it's a chance to play Monopoly in real life. Um, so, you know, I'm really proud of the, the Blackwell Bible with it coming up, because as you can see, I've written books, I'm doing speaking for a long time, I didn't know how to bring them all together. I do have um, a strong, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself like an activist or anything like that, but I would say like, Hey man, I think if somebody had a cure for a disease or a possible way to help, they have a responsibility to tell as many people as possible. I feel like real estate kind of gets treated like it's this big secret when it's like, as a real estate broker, like, no, it's normal. You go get the lawyer, you go see the contract sign. And they're like, like, it's this mystifying land. Like it's a California gold rush. And it's like, no, it's just a transaction. It's just leveraging the property. It's about as safe as you can get. Um, and demystifying that aspect of it. Um, and so really kind of tackling that and, and, and saying where we are, where we can go, and then just how important real estate is. Now, I want to make it from a black wealth standpoint, I like to say that that I had over vast knowledge of a lot of things, but a lot of it's tied to real estate because that's what I know. It's what I've been doing for the last seven years, um, and I am I am a 
I am I am of the converted. I do I do wholeheartedly believe that from an entrepreneurship, wealth, um, personal growth, creating a life of your own design, being able to be lazy, having a fun job, you can't get any better than real estate. And like I, I do like to like get from go on top of the mountaintop and just scream it at the top of my lungs. Um, but and I do think it's a need for that in my community. No, that's really important that you're bringing light to it. And I really love what you said about real estate. A lot of times is being portrayed as you need a lot of money or you need to have a lot of experience or whatever the case may be, or, you, oh, I don't come from a background, whatever. It's all noise, right? So I love the message that you're trying to present, particularly to your community. So uh, that's that's really cool. Um, talk to us. Let's talk about the market a little bit. Where where do you right. see things going? And obviously you're in Chicago, so maybe talk about that locality as well. Um, we're here. So, what you say? We're we're, we're time stamping this this pod uh, third quarter 2021. Um, figuring out where we are in relation to the pandemic. As far as um, I'm still waiting for the dust to settle. I'm past the point of. That, that terrified moment last March and April and just wondering if we're going to do 2008 all over again. Um, dealing with the, the inventory shortage that made 2020 one of the most successful years that I've ever had. Uh, pushing into 2021, we're uh, here in Chicago. I'm pretty sure this is everywhere. Like material prices kind of put a damper on what could have been a, a huge advantage time. Um, it is a seller's market. So that, that lack of inventory here, coupled with a lot of construction being halted because material prices were down, um, still riding that wave. Well, like if you have a multifamily here in Chicago, um, it's at a premium and you, you kind of, you're in a very opportunistic situation from what I'm understanding, from keeping my ear to the ground. I don't consider myself that smart. Um, it's it's this is going to ride out for a while, like um, maybe well into next year. So initially I was pushing most of my clients, my audience to um, seller's market, whatever you can get into, um, kind of try to get liquid with the expectation that once these uh, more foreclosure moratoriums, eviction moratoriums are lifted, um, then maybe the market is flooded with some distressed properties that you could take advantage of. And then we see how it trickles out. Will it turn into a buy and hold for a little while or will still be able to capitalize off the low inventory? Um, it's scary, but it's exciting kind of almost. Um, and I'm one of those guys where like, if I'm on an inspection appraisal, meeting with an attorney, finding a podcast to, to crash, um, just picking people's brain, like, what do you think? And like getting all these different perspectives on the market from all these people that see real estate from all these different areas. Um, so passionately optimistic. Uh, this has been, again, with all the terrible stuff going on, the pandemic has turned out to be very opportunistic for uh, the savvy investor and trying to stay ahead, seeing what's going to be next or how the cookie might crumble and how I might be able to leverage that for it as an advantage for myself and my audience. It'll, it'll sure be interesting. I think we're not not there yet, like you said, but it'll, it's some you know it's did, coming at some how point. Did, how does it look on your side of the world, over east? On the east side, um, on the east side, depends. It all depends upon the market you're invested in. Every market is, as you know, very different. Um, especially you know, being in Chicago, there's different suburbs, and then you have the city. So we have very similar, um, at least geographic and demographic areas. 
um, to our submarkets. So in every area is different. Um, eviction moratoriums are different and, and foreclosure moratoriums are kind of different in every area, which is, um, you know, a little strange. You know, you think it would just be almost statewide, even though they have a statewide, some are not following it and some are following it. It just, it all depends. Uh, um, but at some point that, you know, that obviously that will lift a hundred percent and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, for the next, you know, as long as interest rates are pretty low for the next year, I think we'll probably be in the similar market, but I have seen prices soften out or at least level out um, across the board, um, different asset classes. So I appreciate you asking the question. Um, Marcus, how can my audience and my listeners find you and learn more about you and get in touch with you as we wind down the show? Fantastic. They they can start by listening to that little voice in their head that's telling them to go do dope and amazing things. After that, if they wanted to allow me to be on that journey with them, uh, they can find me at Carter Property Solutions, C-A-R-T-E-R Property, P-R-O-P-E-R-T-Y Solutions, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S. I should get a spelling spelling bee. Uh, work for that. But Carter Property Solutions, LLC, um, you can follow all my social channels with that, get more information on how to find my books. And as well as I love meeting people of any level from any place that's just interested in having a conversation on how real estate can possibly help them or how they might be able to leverage it. Um, so Carter Property Solutions at LLC. And I'm doing my shameless plug, uh, Anthony, I just would like to say, again, when you asked a question earlier, thanks for giving people a platform. Um, I think the biggest, the, the easiest, the most effective way to kind of demystify real estate investing and kind of invigorate people about learning about it is for them to be able to see how normal it is watching two people just have a normal conversation about it. Like you don't need a a mathematics uh, doctorate from Princeton to figure it out. And it was like, no, basic, you get your feet wet and there's some basic stuff that if you pick up, um, you can get your feet wet and you can see how it can work for you. So thank you, my friend. I love that. Thank you, Marcus. Really appreciate having you. If you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. It will help our podcast and Marcus get out his message to a larger community. That's the way that iTunes work works and we will have a link to Marcus's website um, as well as his social media on our social media platforms on our posts. So feel free to follow and like Marcus's platform and check out his website and reach out to him. Uh, thank you again, Marcus, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Yes. And I learned a little bit. Your check will be in the mail for your, for the little bit of knowledge that you taught me today. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll look out for it. <laughs>